Hang on. Hang on. Right. PA podcast. Uh, before the episode, we've got a cool voicemail from a new listener uh, and new caller. His name is Mike Best. Now, Mike sent me a very uh, lengthy, interesting, and descriptive email about a couple of old episodes as he is catching up on uh, the earlier episodes. Uh, and he is a fellow music theory guy and uh I told him, hey, leave me a voicemail with all this cool stuff in it so that I'm not just reading your email. And so he recorded a little thing for us. Uh, Yeah, here's Mike Best. Check it out. Hey, Greg, this is Mike Best. I just discovered your podcast a few months ago, and I am loving it. But I am way behind. I'm about ready to listen to episode 85 later today. But I thought I'd chime in a little bit on some of the more music theory stuff you've been talking about. I have some thoughts on a couple of songs. Uh, One is Someone Keeps Moving My Chair. It's definitely in F, but it's in F Mixolydian. Mixolydian is the mode that sounds like a fanfare. That's what my music theory teachers used to always say, because it sounds like this. Because it's got that major chord on the flat seven of the key. Uh, and that's what this is. That's what this song is. Is one flat seven, which actually, with the when I play it like that, kind of sounds like tequila. Maybe, maybe he was inspired by tequila. Who knows? One of the cool things that happens in Mixolydian that also happens in a bunch of the minor keys is that it borrows the major five chord, the C chord. So instead of in inside Mixolydian, because we've got that flat seven, the five chord, the C chord should be minor if we stay inside the key, but it plays major. It borrows that major five from the major key so that when we get to the second part of the verse and we've got this horrible business left for him to attend to, we we're, it sounds just like it's in major with a D minor, C major, F major. That's that six, five, four. And then it ends right there, sponges it off, they say. And then we go back to, is this horrible? Is this horrible? It's really an awesome use of the Mixolydian mode here in Someone Keeps Moving My Chair. I had no idea that's what Linnell was doing when I first heard this when I was 17 years old. But boy, do I appreciate it now. The other song I'd love to talk about is This Microphone. From episode 83, you and your guest Harley were having a long conversation about what key it might be in. And you had a hard time believing that it was in the key of C. But I would suggest that it is one song in a long celebrated line of songs that basically almost never or sometimes even never plays the root note. Uh, If you're looking for other songs like this, you can look for Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. 
or September by Earth, Wind, and Fire, or even Katy Perry's Teenage Dream, which literally just plays four, five, six, a hundred times, a hundred times in a row, or four, six, five, five. That's all it ever, ever does. In this microphone, it starts off with an F and then a G, which is just four and five, but instead of going to the one, it goes to the three, six, four, five. That just goes over that three, six, two, five. It just does that over and over and over again. And then occasionally, just that, that right, that you, which you guys talked about, I'm busting out. That's the one time we see a C. Four, one. And then the cool thing is, is it goes to this E major, which is the five of the six. It's the five of the A minor. But instead of going to the A minor, it goes, it substitutes F for the A minor. So it goes uh, five of six, and then it goes to four, five. So it sounds like, I'm busting out. That's that four, one. And I know everyone agrees. Now we're in the key of E flat. Now, how does he get to E flat? E flat going from C to E flat is what's called a chromatic mediant modulation because it goes up a minor third. So we're going from C to that. But we're on the from coming from the five to the G chord, and that G stays there as a common tone. And now we're suddenly in the key of E flat. And that's actually where the melody starts too. Caring is carting bad ideas to the dump. Brilliant. But now that we're in the key of E flat, there's a couple really cool things that happen. One is that literally this chorus, I call it the chorus, is really just one, four, five, one, four, five, one, four, five in the key of E flat. The melody starts off super similar, but then it kind of launches into a new thing. But instead of doing that three, six, four, five, three, six, two, five, it just is super simple. One, four, five, one, four, five. The other cool thing that Flansburg does here is that the the musical phrases are four bars long, but the chord progression is only three bars long. So it goes from E-flat, A-flat, B-flat, E-flat, A-flat, B-flat. So if we were to just play it without any vocals, it just sounds like three bars. But because each phrase is four bars, we have three different chord progressions in this chorus. The first one is one, four, five, one. Caring is carding bad ideas to the dump. That's the first one. And then the second one is four, five, one, four. Taking my time, taking my time. Then the third one is five, four, one, five. Hey, this microphone was turned on all along. Again, brilliant. Actually, when I was listening to this, I realized, oh yeah, they did that once before, at least once before. Uh, the pre-chorus of She's an Angel also has that same trick where they go three chords fitting into a four-bar phrase. Awesome. I've got lots more thoughts about this song, like how he gets back to the key of C, and then how at the end he makes us think we're going to go back to the key of C, but then we don't go there. But I'll leave that for later. Uh, thanks so much. Really love the podcast, Greg. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. Thanks for writing and calling in, Mike. Uh, anyone can email me at this might be a pod at Gmail or call in at 224-801-2930. And now, on with the episode. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song-by-song -song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I am your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with returning 
guest, Gene Harrell, to talk about the song Marty Beller Mask off of, uh, I guess we'd say it's collected on albums full of new and troubling questions. I guess that's what we'll say. Let's go with that. Here we go. I'm steaming up the inside of my Marty Beller mask Cause I'm really Whitney Houston on the drums It's been 15 long years since I put on the Marty mask You're the only person that I've ever told Don't walk away from me I will always love you But how will I know? Trick or treat I can see you through the eye holes of my Marty Beller mask But I'm really Whitney Houston on the drums It's always weird when we talk about ones off of this one Which I haven't talked about this compilation very much I think this is the third one But we could talk about that topic, too, the topic of compilations versus albums, which I get into every time. But how are you doing, Jean? Doing really What's good. Up? Fabulous. Yeah. We're much different in 2023 versus last time I talked to you. Yeah, that was January of 2021? January 2021. Crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, as we inch closer and closer to the grave... Uh, and we're older than we've ever been. Time just goes so much faster. It does not seem like it has been that long. Time is really not. crazy. Yeah, and 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 COVID definitely fucked that up too. Because it's like, because we were you know a good chunk into the whole COVID era when we first talked. Um, but mm-hmm. now it's like not that we're past COVID, but like people aren't really wearing masks anymore. I mean, in, in certain places, but like it feels like. Like, it's a new world, not necessarily a better one, but a new right. world where COVID is just kind of like the thing. It's like, okay, you know, it's like, the you think we're going to start getting like, are we going to start getting a shot every year for it? Like with flu, like you'll just go get two shots every year. Is that how it's going to go? <laughs> Might I don't know. I, I'd be fine with that. You know, I mean, you're already poking me once every November or whatever. Just give me two of them. Hey, if it give means me, we get live me both. again. <laughs> right. I know. For real. I know. They Might Be Giants are like the only band that are like, you, gotta, you know, if you want to get, you can wear a mask and we'd be cool with that, please. Uh, and then I forgot one when I went to Indianapolis. But you get to the middle of the country and fewer and fewer people, I think, are wearing masks. Uh, it, it seemed like the East Coast shows lots of people were wearing them. But out here, we're like, what? That's, that's you. I recognize that name. Post-show. Let's see. Mm, I gotta find this now that we're looking. I've, I've committed. We're gonna find this, and if it takes all night, I can edit that out. Let's see. <laughs> Wait, I've got it set at relevant comments. Do I have to put it to all comments? Now we're getting deep into the world of um, being extremely online and wasting <laughs> time on the computer instead of doing more important things like talking about uh, Whitney Houston. I guess. Um, let's see. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was on that post specifically or just... Yeah, maybe it was something else. You you commented on it in, in response to whatever this was. I'm currently not seeing... Because that's what he said at the show, so... Yeah. That was my... Well, as as, as we talk, <laughs> as you tell me... Well, 
as you tell me about the rest of the show experience, uh, I'm for the people. I'm going to glance through a couple of previous Facebook posts to this and see if it comes up. So, uh, other than, um, well, what well, what are your thoughts on this? Before I even find this, do you think uh, TMG is anti stoners? Now we know they're not like a druggy band. They love their caffeine, if you consider that a drug. But what do you think? Are they anti stoner? I don't think they are. I don't know. I think they kind of sneak things in once in a while and they say they don't but i don't know some of their things kind of seem like come on like plans doesn't occasionally like relax or something <laughs> it's legal sure, you as York. the jam band fan the jam band fan as we recall from the fun assassin episode yes. of course you're gonna just assume that everyone <laughs> likes to smoke that sticky icky I mean, it is my job. It. I don't so. even know. It sounds it sounds so weird for me to to like make uh, like drug slang or whatever. Being someone who has never even smoked a cigarette or drank a beer, that's me. And um, I work for a legal pot hmm. company, so yeah. <laughs> so we're pay taxes uh, on it and everything. <laughs> the taxes, uh, they ruined drugs. Drugs were perfect until now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, well, well, we always got something to complain about. Why not? I mean, taxes do suck. I Yeah, I don't know. I'm not finding the anti-stoner thing, but um, I don't know. Maybe I'll come across it, but uh, there's just so many good comments on these <laughs> things just in general, but I can't, I can't, what is it? And who this knows, maybe, made, maybe he regretted it okay. afterwards and thought like, maybe that was a little harsh and maybe I should just delete it. That's possible. And talk That's about possible. it later. <laughs> Maybe it's on a post with his cat, MC Fresh Step, which was from the day before. <laughs> I'm still looking through. Flans is extremely online. For being a man of his age, he is very... He's, he spends a lot of time on the internet. That's what I noticed. I mean, it's, all, it's all in service of his band. So I get it. I mean, that's the only reason I got on Twitter whatever 11 years ago that i got on uh, I've, i still refuse to get on tiktok but that seems like the thing that people are promoting their bands with i i don't know if i'm gonna get dragged into it but uh i have not been a able guy to make that in his <laughs> right to be to be a guy in his his uh early 60s um like being on instagram twitter Facebook. I mean, Facebook, they say it's for old people. But nevertheless, like to be posting like more than once a day on your band's Facebook, like personally, like it's not someone from his team. It's him, you know? Right. He's online a lot. He's online a lot. Like when they like a post or, you know, when they like something that you say or post or, you know, respond, it's like, is that actually them responding? It's not just some marketing person. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm not complaining. I'm just uh, kind of impressed at his his online skills. But as the band that more than twenty years ago put out the first um, all you know download exclusive album, you know they they keep up with the with the trends. Always been on the yeah. edge. Yeah, exactly. I wonder what. Uh, so, how was the rest of the show? It was a. I mean, obviously, it was wonderful. Um, Unfortunately, my friend from Calgary wasn't able to make it down for the show. I had bought him a ticket originally for him. Like, okay, yeah. you're buying the ticket. You're coming down. But, you know, life happens. Um, it was very easy yeah. to find somebody else to get the the ticket to. Um, but how long, of a, um, how long of a drive would that have been without me having to Google map it from, from Calgary, Calgary to, to you? 
it would have been a flight. <laughs> oh, a flight. Okay, I was gonna say. I'm like, because Vancouver would be. Vancouver's not bad. That's like, drivable. Calgary's, I think, above Montana-ish, so that's pretty far. Okay, away. I don't know Canada. They don't teach us about Canada. They don't teach us about America's hat. You know, it's kind our... of in the middle. <laughs> yeah, Calgary. But... Yeah, those. Yeah. But other than that, it was... I'm a smart American. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Was, it was there? Amazing. Did they do? Uh, were they still doing the Neil Sedeka bit? The Neil Sedeka thing. Um... I'm taking that as a no. <laughs> Apparently, Linnell got on some some kick with Neil Sedeka. I'm trying to remember. Um, it was in. Uh, Oh, did I even air that episode yet? Because someone filled me in on what all that meant. But he, he, Linnell went into this whole thing where he was doing a Neil Seneca impression, uh, just for like no real reason in the middle of like, why does the sun shine? It was pretty funny. Um, no, anyway. but they were comparing songs <laughs> to Rolling Stone songs for probably the okay. first set. Every song they would be like, okay, this song is our satisfaction or. Yeah, um, what did they say that about? What song was their satisfaction? Birdhouse? It might have been Birdhouse, yeah. <laughs> Had to be. It's when we're stuck playing for the rest of our Anybody life. Anybody actually from the Seattle show, feel free to correct me. <laughs> I was kind of in the moment. <laughs> but it is nice to know that they don't just fall on the same like banter stuff. Like Their banter is always hilarious. And it seems, for the most part, legit off the cuff. I mean, I've heard enough live recordings... And, you know, everyone's posting videos and stuff constantly these days, especially. Uh, and that Neil Sedaka thing went for at least maybe like four or five shows as like a bit. But they get tired of their own jokes and they make new jokes. You know, they're not just doing the same like scripted material up there, you know. Right. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and my show was going to was a mink car show. So super excited that oh! I got that. Lucky. I'm, okay, I'm looking up the set list now because, like, man, I want Mink Cart. Like, I love Flood, but, like, now, especially that's 2023 and I'm seeing all these Flood songs, I'm like, I love all the songs from Flood. I was glad to hear Stilub in person. Yes. Uh, everything about it. I'm not going to not gonna complain about Flood, but I want the other anniversaries that they're missing, right? I want the Mink Cart stuff. I want... I mean, last year should have been Apollo 18 30th anniversary tour, right? Apollo getting the shaft. I mean, right. Stinks. Yeah. Um, but, you know. So, yeah. yeah Next year, a Spine 20th anniversary tour? <laughs> I don't they know. They have about so many that albums. One. Yeah. There's always, there's always a, an anniversary coming up when you have this many albums and you've been around. You're in your fourth decade as a band. Nutty, nutty. Uh, any other uh, highlights? Uh, what about those horns? Oh, the horns were wonderful. Um, yeah, that was definitely a for, highlight. The whole show. I, for real. I mean, bringing Did it they out. Because um, I think they were kind of mixing up. They were mixing up songs in the set list, even within like the run that, that the Indianapolis show was part of. Because some people got. Uh, uh, oh, is it? Uh, I'll sing Manhattan. Um, with horns, I saw that one, but then some other shows didn't. Did you get that one? I did not get. I'll sing Manhattan. No. Yeah. Um. Mm, 
because there may have been some song. It, I don't know. It's just cool that they come prepared to like to, for variety, mm-hmm. you know. And while some people might be like, "Oh, you got that one. I didn't get that one. Like, I didn't get as many Minkar songs as you did." But it is cool that like the shows are unique, and uh, it also makes it worth it for people who but who go to like five shows in a row. Those crazy people that have a lot of disposable <laughs> income apparently. <laughs> They're like, I went to five shows in a row. I'm like, that would have been nice. But, you know, I'm lucky to get one every, like, five years, apparently, uh, in the Midwest. Yeah, I would have liked to have gone. But it was a good, you know, four-hour drive to the next show. It was a little far for me to go to Portland the next day. Right. Stuff gets more spread out. Like, the East Coasters are just like, I went to 20 shows in a month. They're so lucky. son of a, son of a bitch. Uh, Okay, recent shows. Let me see what you were seeing. 420 Neptune Theater. Is that a cool theater? It's got a cool name. It is a beautiful theater. Like my favorite venue in Seattle by far. And I was so glad that they played there, opposed to some of the other venues that they've played previously. There's this one place, Soto. I hate it so much. I almost don't (laughs) go to shows when they're there, but I have seen They Might Be Giants there twice. So. There is that. It's just like a big shoebox. So it's very long and narrow and not very easy to see if you're not like right in the front Uh, to get there. (laughs) And people were waiting around for a while. (laughs) And so Neptune, is this like a, um, is it like an old converted, uh, you know, like an old theater theater? Mm -hmm. They have a second balcony with chairs that people can sit at. So there's a whole second level. and. You know, they do like comedy show stuff there too, where I'm, you know, assuming it's not just open admission. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, they did "Man, It's So Loud in Here" third song. Yes, they pulled out with "Man" oh. like, right off the bat. It was just like, yeah, we're doing "Mint Car" too. Incredible. Um, and then we got "Darlings Incredible. of Lumberland" with a oh, horn. Got drink. Like that. Yeah, Darlings of Lumberland. I think they may have played that one at every show because they're so proud of how they were able to pull that off. I saw that one too. Amazing. It Stan is Harrison so he- great to hear it live, though. Like it's very <sighs> so complex. <laughs> it is. It's it's insane. Oh, Wicked Little Critter! I want to see Wicked Little Critter. That might have been the highlight of the show for me. <laughs> and, and bangs. Working undercover for the man. Oh, this is a great set. This is man. You got some. Fantastic stuff here. It was a really good show. Very cool. Yeah, man. I'll have what she's smoking. Uh, so <laughs> let's uh, talk about. Um, let's talk about. Uh, Back to Marty. The Bellamore? album. <laughs> the album that. Well, yeah. So the compilation that it is found on. This has come up in the past, but not a ton because the only um, album raises new and troubling questions songs that I've done. Let me double check. Are Oe? I've done Oe. That was the first one I did. Which I remember is that a one. Strange, <laughs> strange little tune. Yep. Um, and I did Money for Dope. And. I mean, like, some of the other thing, Brass Band ones that got tacked on there have been played in their respective episodes, like Boat of Car, uh, Dirt Bike, and such. Right. But the only ones exclusive to that, yeah, are Marty Beller, OE, and Money for Dope. Yeah. So, Elm Raises New and Troubling Questions came out in 2011, and the the 
I mean, you've you've listened to the show a lot. Do you know? Do you know the uh, the the debates I'm going to raise here about this here compilation um, and other compilations? You might as well go through it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is that I think this is a great compilation, and they call it they call it a collection, a compilation, whatever. They call it a collection, um, and it definitely seems like a collection, being that they've tacked on like. You know, tub thumping from the AV undercover. They've got the electronic Istanbul, uh, the 200s emails from Homestar Runner, and then all the other thing, brass band stuffs. But you've got 12 songs that don't appear anywhere else. It looks, uh, it looks, or, or like this, the main place that they appear. Yeah. What's it? And it's during the, yeah. the Join Us era. Right. Right. Now, a few years later, when they started, when they like relaunched Dial a Song as uh, like part of their YouTube channel and doing the huge uh, push for, you know, um, Glean, Foam Power, and Why, Glean, like, no, no disputing that that is like an album. That is like a proper album. Uh, no disputing that Why is a proper album. Obviously, it's a kids' album. Uh, different sort of uh, lyrical themes, obviously. But then Foam Power seems like as much of a collection as Album Raises New and Trembling Questions, but they call it an album instead of a collection. Then they do the same thing with um, My Murdered Remains three years later, right? I Like Fun, an album for sure. It comes out right at the start of the cycle, Uh and then they have, uh, at the end of the year, My Murdered Remains and The Escape Team, both of which get called albums, where My Murdered Remains very much seems like a collection, especially the more murdered remains. Right. Um, but they, they get the designation of an album, like that, that proper album, t- you know, they're, they're legit, they're real albums, right? If you look on the wiki and click albums instead of like discography that gives you everything, they're on there. Uh, but album raises the new and troubling questions is not, which is funny because it has the word album in the title. That is even funnier. <laughs> but but they, that just dawned on me. But they don't include it as an album; they call it a collection. And Maybe then if you go back further, troubling. <laughs> right? It's troubling. It it raises a lot of questions it that I'm raising questions. right now. Again, um, it was all intentional. They're, I've fallen into their trap. Um, but then you go back, <laughs> you go back even further, and there's the, the and they were doing it uh, six years earlier too by doing uh, "Cast Your Pod to the Wind" dirty because that could have been its own whole album because that has some incredible songs and so much stuff that yes, it was on the podcast, but it's not on like any other albums. It doesn't seem much like scrapping together a bunch of different stuff it, it's like its own thing and they just throw it in with the else uh and i mean i you know i'll listen to cast your problem more than wind more than i listen to the spine honestly <laughs> but again it's called a collection or a compilation um so like at some point right around 2015 they're like we're just gonna call all this stuff albums even if we're just like throwing a bunch of songs on I mean, do you, do you see the uh, the the problem I have with this? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like uh, 
like I'm fine calling Foam Power an album. I have nothing against calling Foam Power or My Murdered Remains albums, <laughs> but I think I feel bad for Cast Your Punch of the Wind and Album Raises New and Trumpling Questions uh, that they kind of get pushed aside as like lesser than when they're like just as good as Phone Power and My Murdered Remains as far as like as far as like number of bangers within the track list. You know? I do. Don't you think? I do. Yeah. I mean, do you enjoy a good top to bottom listen on Elm Raises New and Troubling Questions? I mean, I do. I think it has some really good songs on it. Now, I didn't really discover this song through the album itself. I'll say it was more of like a Spotify list thing. Okay. So I, mm-hmm. um, so it was more like actually this song and mentioning phone power. It was uh, this and I love you for psychological reasons. That, mm-hmm. um, those were the two songs that my husband actually really liked of They Might Be Giants because he hadn't really listened yeah. to them much. Um, okay. And those are the songs that. That's a funny two songs. That really brought him in. The favorites. Yes. <laughs> those yeah. are. I mean, they're both great songs. But those are but his like, like favorite songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not like, you know, Birdhouse or something. It's well, he, Marty Bellarmask. Marty Bellarmask and I Love You for Psychological Reasons. <laughs> <laughs> So I love that. He was just like that's great. So he wasn't sure how Marty Beller Mask was in Pixel Ready when it was available. So it was, you know. Oh, so he was part of this. This uh, uh, he was kind of in my here. mind when I picked this one because it's kind of was yeah. like his introduction into They Might Be Giants. Um, okay. Because I took him to the They Might Be Giants show back in 2011, and I don't really think he didn't really know They Might Be Giants then. He knew Istanbul, he knew Particle Man, but he didn't really know anything else there. So it's yeah. been kind of interesting. And so we didn't really like listen to They Might Be Giants for probably a few years from 2011 to maybe 2016 when he, these songs kind of popped up on our Spotify playlist. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was, you know, discovering that. And then I came back and listened. I'm like, oh, wait, there's been some really good albums since I stopped listening to them. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Now you've learned your lesson. I know. I got into the jam band scene. <laughs> there, see, there you go. You started smoking the pot. Uh, three, just way up. It's, it's, you forgot about the coffee and started smoking the pot. That's the problem. Uh, <laughs> now, what was the venue that you mentioned that you hated? Uh, it's called the uh, Showbox Soto because it's in South Downtown Seattle. Okay, so I'm looking at this right now. Is that where you saw them in 2011? I'm yes. looking at that set list yep. right now. Yeah, because Marty Bellamask is on here. Yes, but I had a second. We did get that um, song because it was just a couple, you know. Right after the debut, per se. So it was kind of cool to know right. that I did actually get the song <laughs> played live for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, this is a good set list, too. Uh, I know, I got... Yeah. Oh, man. Careful what you pack. Spoiler alert by the Avatars of They. I know, they that's had the puppets show. and everything then for the Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Yeah, so Marty Bellarmask, um, it's it's an odd song. Oh, and I guess I should say I mentioned in passing, but your your debut is on the Fun Assassin episode, so you are definitely one to pick the uh, deeper cuts. Being that uh, Fun Assassin, I believe you were the first one to have a Spine Surfs Alone episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, and recently, definitely. I heard the one uh, for You're All I Can Think About. Um, was, yep, 
your mm-hmm. the second song off that. So props to that was only the second. Uh, yeah. Sophie. From across the pond, Sophie. Yes, that was From a wonderful. Across the pond. Wonderful uh, show. It was great to hear another uh, Spine Surfs Alone song and uh, more love appreciation for that EP. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and we we got into it there again. I need to stop bringing up the spine like at all. I should just not even it's... talk about the spine, good or bad, because people are going to give me more crap for. It. But <laughs> I made my pitch. I made my pitch that the spine should have just been longer and included all the crazy songs off of that. And, you know, like, am I awake off of an instructable object or whatever? I don't know. The yeah. spine would have been wackier, and I would have loved it. Um, yeah, I don't have to define the spin this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is such an odd song. I don't even know where to begin with this. Um, but it is one of these that's, like, I think one of the <laughs> most loved B-sides of, like, the modern era. Um and looking, oh yeah, looking on the wiki. Number, Are you on the wiki right now? Number 62 on the wiki. 62 out of 910. 62 for a song that isn't even on a real album, right? Elmer's New and Trouble Questions, you are on a real album. It, along with, <laughs> it's an 8.97 along with uh, Puppet Head, Meet the Elements, uh, I've Got a Match. I mean... You know, top tier songs, really. And here we are with Marty yeah. Beller Mask. <laughs> oh, and Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> oh, I know you one like of that the one. Greatest B sides of the earlier era. Yes. Uh, yes. It's <laughs> 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 a great one. I love it even more after having covered it on uh, our Purple Toupee compilation. Uh, this It's listed as the Skeletones, which is me and Kai Pfeiffer and our wives. That's I'm our band, so the Skeletones. Curious, we're, we're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's so curious about what? Um, on the wiki, number 61, it's just uh, parentheses. What's that song? Wait, 61? What is 61? I didn't have a song there. For me, 61 says, Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, 58. Wait, are things getting resorted? Like, as I had we're 58 talking? as I've got a uh, match. So it's weird that it's like the same numbers are in a different order for you. Unless someone just Yeah, for it. me. For me, Marty Beller, 62, 61, Welcome to the Jungle, 60, uh, Put Your Hands on the Puppet Head, 59, I've Got a Match, 58 has uh, four brackets, two of the like left bracket. Is that what you're what talking about? What is that the mystery brackets? song? Yes. Yeah, you can't click on it. I'm good. Man. And it's got 8.97 with 569 votes. I'm taking a screen grab of this. I'm going to ask John. So are there 910 songs and 909 songs? Does that just mess it all up now? <laughs> I just took a picture of that. I'm sending this to Euless right now. <laughs> what is this? Right. It's 58 now. It's weird. What are you? Yeah, I looked this afternoon, and that one was at number 61. So it's where the numbers have changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess people are voting on stuff, like, right now. I, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. I'm s- uh, Surprise. Okay. <laughs> Okay, what? All right, John Ulysses, what is number 58? All right, Ulysses is an an extremely online guy, too. It says active now. We'll see if we can get an answer before we're done tonight. Anyway, uh, it's not important, but it is fun because I'm confused, too. Marty Bellarmask, 
ranked 62. It's this wacky song, and we love wacky songs, but I mean, wacky in the sense of like, oh, it's not this, not like, uh, you know, the They Might Be Giants, we love in, you know, intellectual lyrics sung poppy in poppy ways that are dark and disturbing, but also uh, darkly comedic. This is, this one's just like kind of downright wacky. Like, is it, or is, or am I only reading it at the surface level? Cause we got Whitney Houston on the drums here. It just seems like so out of left field and just kind of silly. It is right. Or am I, am I, am I not uh, thinking hard enough about this? I mean, I like to think it's more of a silly aspect to it. I, there's a lot of ways you can kind of go with the song when I'm kind of like deep diving into, you know, what interpretations could mean of it. Um, there's mm-hmm. definitely a wide variety of, you know, social, economical, <laughs> political, possibly undertones that you could even possibly, you know, take from it. Are there, though? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I can't speak for anybody, but it is, you know, a weird thought of being a black woman as a white man in society mm. i mean there is yeah I, was Linnell thinking like that or he's just <laughs> thinking like there's a great musician who is so great uh she also kills it on the drum set <laughs> you know that's that's but not then, really that's marty is actually whitney houston who is a damn fine percussionist you did not know that <laughs> right, Whitney Houston is being one of the most female vocalists of all time. She, of course, she'd be one of the best drummers of all time as well, too. Right, they go hand in hand. Right, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you know that hadn't even really occurred to me. But you saying that doesn't make sense. Like, is there some sort of commentary there? <sighs> no, I can't speak to on me, it enough. It just, but... I know. To me, it just seems like. I don't know if he picked Whitney Houston at random necessarily. I don't think I think that's doing a disservice to her, but I feel like other musicians or like diva types, uh, pop stars could have gone in there in place of her. Well, other parts of the lyrics though kind of yeah. kind of tie in. I mean, obviously the chorus. Okay. Um, I mean. They'd well, the the quotes, right? The quotes I mean, are, you'd have to replace it. You'd have to replace it with lyrics from whatever pop uh, star you put in place of that. But then, um, are there more significance to those quotes that are mm. taken away from there? I started deeper okay. diving into yeah. those. So, if you want to go into them or not, <laughs> we yes, we should, we should. So, yeah, we should back up a little bit because uh, I'm assuming people know who Whitney Houston is. Can we can we assume that? Um, I hope so. That we know at least something about her yeah so she was a wonderful pop female vocalist of the 80s and 90s and um mm-hmm. there is a movie called the bodyguard that she starred in um that was a huge movie that um she did yeah. a song called i will always love you that was actually a dolly parton song but she definitely mm-hmm. made it her own and yeah, we all of our age range, I think, all as- assumed it, that it was her song because it was just a gigantic hit. And then, like maybe ten years later, I'm like, oh wait, she didn't write that. Uh, but yeah, she she you know took it to the stratosphere with those notes that she sings in that song. It's just it's just crazy. And she was already a pop star, but like Bodyguard soundtrack, like that. It's a rare instance of like. A movie that stars a singer like actually being successful, like I don't think it was critically acclaimed, but it was successful and the soundtrack was 
well regarded and the songs on the soundtrack charted highly. You know, I think I saw that it feat. was number one for fourteen weeks. Is what I believe I read. So yeah, it was. I mean, I think it, it changed her career. Obviously, it was a one of the. It was such a. I think yeah. it read Grammys, and I don't know if she got nominated for anything, mm-hmm. but if she didn't, she should have. <laughs> yeah, I think it kind of took her from like the R and B crowd to like full on like pop superstar. Right. Um. I mean, I was too young to. I mean, obviously, I was hearing her on the radio, but like when she was first coming up, her first couple albums. You know, I was like nine, ten years old, and then the Bodyguard came out. Like that was when I was aware of Whitney Houston, um, because I mean, her first album was like eighty. What was it? Uh, where's the discography? Here? It was eighty-eight. It was no, it was before that. I'm seeing it. Wait, where is this? Okay, uh, discography. Nineteen eighty-five was her debut. Okay. Yeah. So I was four. <laughs> I was one. And she looks really different on the cover of that one. Um, but anyway, yeah. So like it was, you know, almost 10 years later where I found out who she was. I was old enough to be aware of pop music and she really got catapulted uh, to stardom there. Um, but yeah, you know, like like I was saying about movies and stuff, it's like, um, what was that Mariah Carey movie that totally flopped? Uh, J- Ge- <laughs> I want to say jiggly. It was like, ge- uh, what was it? Ge- was- uh, Geely or j- j- I don't know. <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about? That I big do, flop but, that was, she had that almost ruined her career? Was that Mariah Carey or Jennifer Lopez? Mm, it's Mariah Carey, right? With Ben Affleck? J-Lo, I mean, she had the Selena movie. That was a legit good movie. Uh, let's see, Mariah Carey, uh, movie, Glitter, Glitter's the one I'm thinking of. Okay. Glitter, huge flop. Um, yeah, that was not Ben Affleck, though. Uh, I don't know what I'm thinking of. Maybe I'm thinking of the the Benifer, the Benifer movie. Yep, that's what I'm thinking of. Mm -hmm. Both flops, but I was thinking of Glitter. Uh, yeah. Did not see. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, also starred uh, the rapper Debrat, if you remember Debrat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It, but the budget of twenty-two million at the box office, five point three million. Ouch. Uh, yeah. To pop star, that was a huge blow to her ego. But on the other hand, the Bodyguard, huge hit, like on all accounts, movie, box office, and soundtrack. Uh, so. That was in the 90s, though. JL, you know, Linnell's coming up with this song about her, you know, past her prime. I mean, she was still a household name, for sure. I mean, she was for the rest of her life. Um, But in 2011, like, why did Linnell have Whitney Houston on the brain in 2011? What was she doing in 2011? Very random. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) that's what i'm saying like he could have picked like a more current kind of pop star i don't know who the hell's big then i don't know pop music lady gaga i don't know um no lady gaga hadn't quite come up yet then anyway 2011 i'm looking at wikipedia page of whitney houston oh well she kind of made it made a return around then she gave her first interview in seven years 
2000 or in 2009 on Oprah Winfrey's uh, show, the season premiere of her show that year. Oh, and she was talking about the bodyguard a little bit in this interview. So you know, Linnell, you know, he loves his daytime TV. He's watching his Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and, like, she went through rehab again. So I guess she was kind of in uh, the news a little bit, I guess. And she put it on an album in 2009. Um, yeah. She was nominated in 2010 for some NAACP Image Awards. So she was kind of uh, making a little bit of a comeback. Um, but then, I mean, they put out this... Song. So in 2011, she went to rehab again, and they write the song, and it comes out in 2011, and then she dies in 2012. So it all, like, right around this same era, like, she was making a comeback. John Linnell's, I don't know, thinking about Whitney Houston songs and writes the song, and then she dies tragically. It's um, a crazy kind of timeline. It is. Um I do see that she yeah. was born in New Jersey, so maybe there's some sort of an East Coast, you know, hmm. Um, hmm. connection. That's possible. Probably, you know, just admired yeah. her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? And her vocal I mean, yeah. skills. Oh, yeah, one of those, I mean, the the range she had was amazing. I mean, just could do a whole bunch of different styles, you know, definitely crossed over, like I said, R&B to pop, like very successfully. Um, maybe we should play some other of uh, the song examples because, I mean, I think I will have already <laughs> dropped in a clip of I Will Always Love You. Um, I assume everyone's heard that, but again, I'll I'll drop that in back where we had talked about it. Um, but the Don't Walk Away From Me uh, that Linnell sings right off the top of the chorus is, that's from a song called I Have Nothing. Uh, and people might not have heard that one because that one only reached number four on the billboard. So still a huge hit. Uh, I say that sarcastically, of course. So let's listen to a little bit of I Have Nothing, also from the Bodyguard original soundtrack album. I don't really need to look very much further. I don't want to have to go Back again, this passion inside can't run from myself. There's no What do you what do you think of this song? Because I had kind of forgotten about this one. Um, it, it rang a bell like as being a hit when I was I would have been eleven then. I remember hearing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on "I Have Nothing"? I had to look it up again because I didn't recognize it just honestly from the lyrics. But once I heard it, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this song. And mm-hmm. um, you know, it's actually again it's kind of an interesting one being from the Bodyguard. If you're, you know, the Bodyguard's kind of you know an interesting take with the Marty Beller mask in a way. Uh, and 
I just want to share the first. I mean, so we've already listened to the song, right? <laughs> so the first lyrics yes. are uh, share my life, take me for what I am. So it's kind of interesting, like sharing my life, like is Whitney mm-hmm. Houston sharing her life with Marty Beller in a way, almost <laughs> you're deep diving into why you're using, you know, those lyrics in the first Certain place. Songs, so yeah. maybe there's yeah. more meaning and, you know, the bodyguard being just a, being in Hollywood and protecting, you know, her from the spotlight, I guess, is kind of what it was about. And so, right. So, yeah, it was an interesting <laughs> oh, one. Kevin to, Costner. He was, you know, the knight in shining armor, and so many parodies have been done since then of that movie. I always think of, yeah. can you insert the Simpsons quote <laughs> of... Uh, oh, I will always insert a Simpsons quote. <laughs> of the, of uh, when Homer is saving um, Luke Skywalker. Uh, may the fourth be with you, by the way. Reference for may the fourth be with you. <laughs> As we're recording this, it will be out a little bit later than that. So Homer yeah. picks up Luke Skywalker <laughs> as a bodyguard, and he like, was protecting yeah. him from all the nerds as he's... I think it was like some convention, and yeah, yeah, I will. Yes, okay, I'll find it. I'll find a good little bit of that to drop in here for sure. <laughs> oh, Mark Hamill! <gasps> that swarm of nerds is gonna kill him. <laughs> nerds! Get out of here, Mr. Hamill, Mr. Mayor! Come on, who are you? Homer Simpson, Nerdbuster, and I'm getting you out of here. I can't, Homer. I twisted my ankle. You guys go on without me. Never! Follow me. How was I supposed to know it's not a real spaceship? Dad, over here! Oh my god, someone has to go back in for Maggie. Forget Maggie. She's gone. I've got Maggie. Wow, that was close. Well, thanks a lot, Homer. Well, it's a... Hey, I thought you twisted your ankle. Oh, yeah. Well, see, the thing about that is... There's a Simpsons quote for everything. Gotta get my Simpsons reference. (laughs) It always makes me sad that my students just, they don't know the Simpsons. I mean, they're aware of them, obviously. But I can't quote the Simpsons to my students. They (laughs) They don't know. It doesn't register. They just look at me funny. Sad and alarming. So then uh, the third song uh, referenced in this is How Will I Know? How Will I Know? Yes. How Will I Know? And this one's from 85. This is one of the really early ones. Yes, that's off um, her debut album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the third single. Are you going to play that one as well? Oh, yes. Quick? Oh, yes. yeah. That's good. I'll put that's a little bop there.
bop. Yeah, what are your thoughts on this bop here? Um, I mean, it's such a cute song. Um, and again, yeah. if you want to start digging into it, it's a song where she's trying to figure out if a boy that will ever like her back sort of a thing. And so, is again, is she thinking of him who's thinking of her? And is Marty Beller or Whitney Houston thinking of each other? <laughs> I don't know. My mind kind of goes in a little bit of weird ways with it. If you want to start thinking about the meanings of the songs that he's referencing. <laughs> yeah. Cause I guess that's the debate in my head is like, was he just grabbing at memorable lyrics or like ones that came off the top of the dome to him that could kind of fit together in some sort of uh, way that made sense within their own song. Like if I'm if I'm gonna write a song out of other song lyrics, is he just like okay, what would make sense one right after another, or is he thinking as deep as you are? I I I think it's the former, but it's it's almost kind of more fun to to do the latter and pick it apart. <laughs> this is a cute video. This how will I know? It is so so Technicolor eighties looking. Her hair's all frizzed out. She's got the big bow. How will I know? How will I know what Linnell was thinking when he wrote this song? <laughs> I, to me, I don't know. To me, it's just like, okay, he was inspired by Whitney Houston for whatever reason um, and was just like, okay, these are some songs I remember of hers because he wasn't quoting stuff from that 2009 album. He's quoting classic stuff, right? Two bodyguard right. songs and one that's even older than that, right? From like his younger days, like 85, you know, the the Giants had just started. You know, they were young, 20-somethings, you know, I don't know. They were hearing the pop hits, whatever. Um, and just songs that came to his head that could kind of stitch together in a weird way to make up a The Mighty Giants song out of. I guess. <laughs> I, I mean... <laughs> That's th those are my thoughts. That it's it's more not necessarily random. I guess random's not the right word, um, but more on the silly weird side. But kind of like creepy, kind of weird <laughs> as they might be giants like to do. You know, they have all these songs about stalkers and getting hurt and all this kind of stuff and weird. You know, people that are. You know, and then you're that dead people, skulls, la la la. Uh, and um, it, it's <laughs> it all kind of goes, but it, but it's still it silly, yeah, right? It's it's a very they might be giants, they mm. might be giants song with the trick or treat. It just kind of sounds like a Halloween song almost, <laughs> right? That throwing that in there is like, yeah, like oh, we're just goofing around, whatever. Or are they just throwing us off the scent <laughs> of the real meaning of this song? But as Linnell will say, especially, don't think too hard about our songs. Or what's, I mean, like he said it in multiple different ways, you know, to paraphrase. It's basically like, there's nothing more to our songs than what's there. Like, don't think too hard about it. And I'm like, well, sorry. I got this podcast. I got to. <laughs> right 200 something episodes later here you are still examining songs oh. yeah this is gonna be what number is this gonna be 220 
Too many. More than any sane person <laughs> should do. I don't know. A lot. Yeah. 225. Something like that. Um, I, I mean, I like this song a lot. And I've, I've always just kind of thought of it as almost, almost literally. Right? Because that's kind of, you know, if you take it literally... Um, it's almost more fun, like with Dr. Worm or something, right? Like, let's just take it literally because it's just fun and weird, uh, fun to sing along with. You know, I'm steaming up the inside of my Marty Beller mask because I'm really Whitney Houston on the drums. Like, let's just take it at face value because that is just kind of a hilarious image. <laughs> and I will, uh, a testament with a mask, it definitely was steaming up on the inside as I was waiting for our call <laughs> like oh my god it's so hot in here so yes um, people check the uh the socials if you didn't see the picture of uh <laughs> the the very fancy marty beller whitney houston the whole tmbg mask uh electronic version of it um the gang's i guess all you know, for, gang's all here uh, it's been 15 y- long years since I put on my Marty mask. Is there something to make of that line at least? All right. We're not quoting a lyric there, but 15 long years. If we go from 2011 back 15 years, I don't know math, but we're not quite no. to the bodyguard. We're not far enough back for the bodyguard. Back in 1996. Yeah. No. The bodyguard was 92. The other, uh, how will I know, is uh, 85. Uh, what's the 15 long years? That one is may not make sense. I'm not sure. Let's see. She did the preacher's wife in 1996, <laughs> where she played maybe, the gospel maybe. singing "Wife of a Point Pastor." So, oh well, of course. Maybe it had something to do with that. Maybe that's you know that's the point where Linnell's saying like, oh, she got kind of bored with this pop stardom. You know, it's just too easy for her. You know, it's like you know she wanted a challenge, gonna take up the drums. Maybe she was a big movie star, so then she wanted to become a musician again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, or that. You know, and again, it just seems like Linnell likes writing songs about uh, people playing the drums that you wouldn't think would play the drums, like uh, Worms and like uh, Whitney Houston. <laughs> and Whitney Houston. <laughs> we need to complete this trio. Like, he needs to write a third song for the trilogy of uh, odd drummers. Dr. Whitney Beller Worms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, yeah. So then we got the quotes of the lyrics. And I guess the don't walk away from me, maybe I'll call that the pre-chorus. And then I can see you through the eye holes of my Marty Bella mask on the, yeah, the chorus. Um, yeah, I was disenchanted. Stardom was so fake. I think you're on to something there, right? The movie thing. I love the word disenchanted. I think that's a really beautiful word. <laughs> oh, yeah. Disenchanted. Yeah. The, like, it just, you know, it really flows well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I really like, uh, so stardom was fake. So, so then she got back in the drums wearing a mask. So mm-hmm. the mask right. isn't fake, but the stardom is fake. And Marty was just a convenient vessel for this dream of playing the drums. And I knew exactly how to fill his shoes. Right. Literally. Yes. <laughs> so wait, right. was Marty killed in this situation? <laughs> it's possible. Was the real Marty killed? <laughs> a convenient vessel. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, vessels. Why would I mean? Term. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I mean, wasn't Houston, wasn't Whitney Houston living in California by this time? I mean, Marty Beller's out on the East Coast. How was he a convenient vessel? <laughs> We're thinking way too hard about this. this uh, yeah. So, and then, oh, Marty, oh, then we've got Marty gets the mansion and I get his skins. Yes, great play on words there. <laughs> so, this, right? You got the playing skins, playing the drums. Uh, but then him, like, his skin being used by Whitney Houston. <laughs> he really elongates the word skin. <laughs> he does. He wants to really make sure that you hear that one. <laughs> but Marty gets a mansion. How does he get a mansion if she just killed him and is wearing his skin? <laughs> I, I guess because Marty lives in her mansion now. Oh yeah, I get. Well, well, or she's Marty, right? She's still in the mansion. She is Marty. <laughs> I, I don't know. This song is ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculously fun. Wow, it's yeah. Wow, it's an interesting. Uh, and uh, she, definitely kicking over to the credits. It's it's the usual suspects. You know, it's our our quintet. Uh, no extra. Bells or whistles on this one, straight up kind of rock. Yep. The rock, the 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 Johns, the Danes, and the Marty. Uh and the um the chord progression here. We've got it I mean, it works perfectly in a minor key. We got an A minor. Right. Um I guess that's gives it the spooky flavor. Yeah, kind of spooky. Um and even when it goes to the uh, uh, pre-chorus or whatever I'm going to call it, going from the F major, C, F major, C major, F, C, G major, all major chords, but still retains like this kind of uh, spooky vibe. I mean, I think a lot of it because of the questions. But how will I know? Trick or treat? <laughs> I mean, trick or treat has a question mark here on this. I'm not sure if uh, <laughs> the official lyrics would have a question mark after trick or treat. Trick or treat? And But how will I know also has a question mark as well. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> well, how will I know? I mean, that is that makes sense as a question, but just the phrase "trick or treat." <laughs> what if I told you? If you put it on the teleprompter, he will read it. Well, that's going to do it for all of us here at Channel Four News. You stay classy, San Diego. I'm Ron Burgundy. Damn it! Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? For the last time, anything you put on that prompter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Marty gets the skin, and I get his skins. That part, also driving it home, we get uh, a G sharp major chord, which is totally just like out of the blue. Uh, so you just get this random G sharp major chord uh, only on that line. That's why it hits so hard. A, <laughs> e. Yeah, it's like this comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it's one of those Linnell things. It's like, I wouldn't, I don't know. Maybe I need to break the rules more like Linnell does. When I write songs, I'm like, if I'm going to go out of the key, it's going to be, you know, some sort of intentional thing or a key change or whatever. But to just throw a random weird chord in the middle of this song that is just kind of standard minor rock progression, it's uh, pure Linnell genius. Yeah. Like climax of the song because then it just goes back into the chorus again so that's really just like the the pinnacle when he goes to his skins <laughs> his skins right so it's not only like a lyrical uh 
point he's 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 driving home and also the music uh fits with that to uh make it extra extra spicy i'm looking at so this one actually someone has written up a bass tab too so that's when you know it's got some good wine cough stuff going on this looks like a fun bass part yeah a lot of stuff sliding high up on the neck uh yeah and you also know when you the, don't have to pull for man. covers when you can uh know that it's a beloved song by a lot of people <laughs> Hmm. Hmm. yeah before we get to the covers though let's listen to some live stuff um the debut which was not long before you said you saw About them. About two weeks. Um, yeah. Uh, so this is in Minneapolis. All right, so this is at First Avenue where they play a lot. There's a venue song about First Avenue. Um, and the RS really, I don't know, the YouTube channel that it's on says, They Might Be Giants debut a, quote, Halloween song, Marty Beller Mask from their brand new Rarities album, uh, and October 29th, 2011. So this was two days before Halloween when they premiered this song. The mask, the trick-or-treat seemed like a perfect time to do it. Let's check out the debut. Here it is. I'm steaming up the inside of my Marty Beller mask because I'm really with Houston on the drums. It's been 51 years since I put on the Marty mask. You're the only person that I've ever told. Don't walk away from me. I will always love you. But how do I know you can see me through the eyeholes of my Marty Beller mask? the flans this was the brief era when flans was playing a jazz master i love it he's gone to the telly tellies are good but jazz masters are the way to go he he didn't stick with it very long though what are your thoughts on that uh that, that debut i mean you saw it for real but again that's in a long time ago thoughts on this video it's such a great song live <laughs> yeah um it really my is. first thought just it kind of took me back to to, you know 2011 and man that show had a lot of different diversity songs on it not that i don't love and plugs, watching this live like watching a video oh, so many different here. albums that they have and, and yeah uh, and i i love plans as backing vocals is like we're doing a ska song but that the verse guitar part is just clean upstroke you know chords mm-hmm <sighs> Uh, yeah, which is really noticeable when you paint over to Mill and he's just like, dun, 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 dun. also in 2011, uh, they put out an uh, official live album. So we're going to hear it with some uh, cleaner audio here. Um, and uh, yeah, at large, a cool live album overall. Um, and uh, what was the exact date that this got recorded? I don't have it in front of me. I'm looking. Let's see. January 25th, 2012. Well, that's when it was re- oh, released. Oh. I don't know. if we, Do we know the exact dates? Let's see if we... Uh, da, 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 da. The second leg of the Join Us Fall Tour, so... Yeah. 
Yeah. So sometime, I mean. It could have been one of my shows. Yeah, somewhere right around then. Um, And really, we're kind of breaking the rules here. You know why I couldn't find it is that part of these, and I think also why if you look at the track listing on the wiki for at large, you do not. So, okay, well, there's Mario Bellarat mask right now. I mean, I think we we may be breaking IFC code right now. I'm not positive by playing this. I don't um, know the album the, you're talking about. You must be thinking of some other live album. Some other live band. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm going to play this song. I'm not sure what band this is. I'm just going to play this track here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm steaming up the inside of my Marty Beller mask Cause I'm really Whitney Houston on the drums It's been 15 long years since I put on the Marty mask You're the only person that I've ever told Don't walk away from me I will always love you But how will I know trick or treat I can see you through the eye holes of my for my dreams I knew exactly how to fill his shoes Don't walk away from me I will always love you But how will I know trick or treat So that must be some band doing a cover of that song and I don't know what that was um, Okay, so November 26th 2011 at the 930 Club in Washington, D.C. is when this particular Marty Beller mask was recorded. So just about a month after the one we just listened to, um, but recorded nicely off the soundboard. And yeah, Flansburg's backing vocals, he uh, he's popping up an octave above Linnell on some of that stuff. He's really kind of reaching for it. He's like at the top of his range there. Did you notice that? I did. That was really great to hear, actually. I love Flansburg so much. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and like it was right around this time. I feel like he started shifting over to like doing a lot of falsetto stuff. But here's like full voice going for those high notes, and uh, it is it is nice. It's nice. Yeah, there's a difference when you do like the higher octave for the chorus versus like the lower octave that Linnell does for the original mm-hmm. recording. It really like adds an extra punch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so November 26, 2011, um, was when that was recorded, and they put it out, uh, I've already forgotten, what was the date you said the at-large was actually released? Where did it go? January 25th, so a couple months of later. 2012. Yeah. And then February 11th of 2012 was when Whitney Houston was found dead, eight, uh, 48 years old, uh, in Flansburg, um a quote from Flansburg, Team BG is very saddened to hear of Whitney Houston's passing. So unexpected and so very sad. Out of respect, we're retiring the song Marty Beller Mask from public performance. And the music video was even removed from YouTube, um, but came back up after a couple of months. Um, so this song was only being played live 
for a few months. It was debuted October 29th of 2011, and she died just a few months later, and they stopped playing it. Um, yeah, let's see. It was played... Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, what, like 20-something times or something? Um, Yeah, they were playing it all the way up until the day before she died. They played it at the Variety Playhouse in Atlanta on February 10th, 2012. So it was a a set standard. Yeah, and she passed. They were in the middle of a tour when she died, and they stopped playing it immediately. Um, However... Which I was shocked about. (laughs) Yeah, however, it's back. It is back in uh, August 31st of last year, 2022. Uh, a decade later, the band brought it back. Um, any thoughts on that? Is it cool that they brought it back? Or, uh, I mean, do you take it as like, uh, is that not cool? Or is it like now they're honoring Whitney Houston, enough time has passed? I think so. I think what it's more like honoring her memory and... Like I think it, I think it's okay for them to play it. It's and be respectful about it. I don't yeah. think it's an offensive song. So, um, I'm really happy to see that they brought it back. Although I forgot to mention earlier, um, at my show in Seattle, people were randomly yelling for Marty Bellamax, and my uh, reporting mm-hmm. skills. Uh, uh, Flansburg actually had responded to the people yelling for it. Said that it fell off the set list. And it's no longer there. So I don't know what mm. happened since the last time they played it in December until now. But he said it's fell off the set list. <laughs> it's fell off the set list. Okay. Yeah, it has not been played in 2023. So, um, but, yeah, so they brought it back for about another like 15 performances. Um, yeah, it's been played 49 times total. Uh, a ton of times late 2011 to early 2012 they crammed in a bunch of performances she passed they retired it for a decade and then they busted it back out for a, a, the leg of the flood tour um late summer to uh, december of last year but i agree yeah it seems it, uh, i mean the time has enough time has passed like in the tragedy of her dying that definitely makes sense why they would have retired it it would have seemed weird for them to sing such a, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's a, not really a light-hearted song. It's a weird song, kind of a dark song, um, but just kind of something that seems like a little trivial, like in, in, in the wake of someone's death to like sing this kind of wacky song that uses her name and her lyrics in it. But a decade has gone by, and yeah, the song isn't like, speaking ill of her it isn't like poking fun at her it's just using her as a uh you know a cool uh star of a story of a, a weird they might be giants type story um so i think i think it's cool that they brought it back it's a great song one thing i noticed um it was pretty soon after you know Flanders accident and they started playing again that they brought the song back Mm, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's something in his recovery. He's like, you know, that Marty Beller mask. I really miss that song. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just so good to see him like up and moving. And again, when I saw him just a few weeks ago, like how he was had so much, you know, jumping around and energy, and wouldn't even tell that he was in an accident a year ago. 
Yeah, he's got that zest for life. He's like, you know, got to grab the bull by the horns, man. Life is short. Whitney Houston, uh, you know, just uh, one of many tragic tragic deaths that uh, that we can think of. And, you know, it he could have died in that accident. You know, it's like, you know, got to live life while it's here. And Whitney Houston, let's pay homage to her. Uh, and uh, rock the song out at least for uh, a few more months. So who knows if they'll bring it back again. Um, but we do have video of the uh, the reincarnated song, <laughs> as I put in the email. The uh, Flans came back from the dead and decided to pay homage for, to uh, Whitney Houston. And this is by Mr. John Ulyss on his capital Q YouTube channel. Uh, here it is, August 31st of 2022 at uh, Esbury Lanes in New Jersey. Marty Miller Mask. I'm still on the inside of my Marty Beller Mask Cause I'm really Whitney Houston on the drums It's been 15 long years since I put on the only person that I've ever told. Don't go with me. Video is so great. I'm not sure what John is shooting this video on, but it looks awesome. And just like he's up so close, of course, right? As he is wont to do. And the stage lights, it's so blue. And Flans is like he's got a fan right on him. His hair is <laughs> blowing majestically in the wind. Yes. <laughs> and they got like a camera like right above Marty's drums, like on the screen, like when you see the screen. It's like him hitting the cymbals and stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> and they still kind of keep it. I mean, it's one of these songs where they haven't played it that much. So they aren't like twisting it into new styles or anything. They're pretty much pretty much playing it straight up. But it sounds great. Yeah. They don't have to do much to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever pedal uh, Dan Miller's using for that little solo. It's pretty bitching. Yeah, he yeah, rocks he, that he solo. It's a little different of solo. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so those are our live ones we've got. I think, uh, are we ready for covers? Yes. Covers. Pretty cool. Puerco Music is up first. Uh, y'all ready for this? Let's um, check it out. This was just... Uh, this was just recorded in January of 2022. So they had, he wasn't inspired by them bringing it back. This was before they brought it back. He's just like, hey, let's do this cover of Marty Beller Mask. It's a great song. So here it is Puerco Music on YouTube. I'm steaming up the inside of my Marty Beller Mask. I'm really Whitney Houston on the drums. It's been 15 long years since I put on the Marty mask 
only person that I've ever told. Don't walk away from me. I will always love you. But how will I know? Trick on treat. I can see you through the eye holes of my Marty Beller mask. But I'm really Whitney Houston on the drums. What did you think of this one? When he said it sounded like a ska song, he definitely brought out the ska, like, tempo to it just like right off the back it's just like i'm driving with it and we're gonna go 90 miles an hour and um you know he really goes for it vocally yeah he gets going furiously (laughs) and he's been played a lot uh recently he uh his youtube channel is fairly new and he's popped up on the show quite a bit since he launched it and it that is typical of his style to just really dig in Furious drumming, uh, good energy on the vocals. I think it's a great, uh, great take on the song. Definitely. Next up is uh, a little older YouTube video. Jason Avery DeLima is the um, name on the YouTube channel. And this is 11 years ago. Um, uploaded November third, but maybe maybe recorded on Halloween because the the it just says trick or treat as the uh, YouTube uh, information on the video. So let's listen to it's another acoustic cover. Uh, Jason here doing Marty Biller mask. Steaming up the inside of my Marty Beller mask Cause I'm feeling Whitney Houston on the drums It's been 15 long years since I've put on the Marty mask You're the only person that I've ever told Don't walk away from me I'll always love you But how will I know trick or treat? I can see you through the eye holes of my Marty Beller mask original he really nails down the vocals to keep some more calm like linnell does mm-hmm. which is funny because like that is a funny part of it is that linnell's singing it so kind of matter-of-factly that whitney houston is wearing a marty bell and again just it, it needs to be a ska song just a syncopated rhythm to it it just it flows really nicely and it really translates well to a guitar yeah, when when you hear the guitar alone, those upbeats, uh, you know, become very apparent since yes. they're the only thing going <laughs> with the vocals. Yeah, um, and yet the next one I think is the most ska version of them all. <laughs> Heading over to Bandcamp with JP Freely, um, which just makes me think of IP Freely. <laughs> me too. <laughs> IP Freely. We're so mature. Uh, we are very mature, but again, Simpsons. Um, <laughs> when I get a hold of you, little freak, I'm going to rip out your tongue and use your guts to paint my boat. Uh, so Marty Beller Mask by J.P. Freely. Uh, this uh, came out, uh, he puts out in March of 2020. Here it is. The Smelly Beller Mask.
I'm steaming up the inside of my Marty Bellin mask as I'm really Whitney Houston on the drums. It's been 15 long years since I put on the Marty mask. You're the only person that I've ever told. Don't walk away from me. I will always love you, but how do I know to the truth? I can see you through the eye holes of my Marty Bellin mask, but I'm really Whitney Houston on the Enchanted, stardom was so fake That's when I got back into the drums Marty was convenient A vessel for my dream I knew exactly how to finish Don't walk away from me I will always love you But how will I know to the dream? Somehow even more ska, right? Are you getting that? I know the kids, the kids in it, right? The, yeah, they, they, yep, there are kids that make an appearance. They, it, it started as a normal song, and then the kids, like, halfway through, just, like, all over the place. It was really random. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the little kid that was saying, I get his skins, it just, like, really just, like, kind of almost creeped me out. <laughs> It was definitely original. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm. I'm wondering if this guy's kids. Oh, and here we got a uh, a Canadian here from a town called Chilliwack. Is that for real, Chilliwack, British Columbia? Probably. I'm wondering if like this was one of his friends' favorite songs, kind of like how it's one of your husband's favorite uh, Team BG songs. Us West the kids Coasters. just kind of like so, like you know, yeah. Yeah, the kids sing. I get his skins in that high voice. There's like some reverb on it. It's eerie. Fits the song. It does. <laughs> uh, and now, guest host. I attached an MP3 here for you. Uh, guest host on uh, Bandcamp. Let's see, is it guest? Yeah, it says guest host one, the numeral one. Guest host one, Bandcamp. I'm steaming up the inside of my body. So you said you had, before we started, you said you had a question about guest host? I wasn't sure what it was. Yeah, okay. Then uh, you you maybe don't pay as much attention to the uh, all the crazy fan covers albums that get put together. Like they might be shitposting and stuff like that, those, those groups. Um, guest host pops up on a lot of stuff. And I, for the first two, maybe three years of the podcast, didn't know who it was. Um, and on the band camp, it's got a picture of a guy kind of just like lit by a candle, like a very dark, uh, photo it says Huntsville, Alabama, and says, I'm basically a one man band right now. And some other stuff, it doesn't say a name. 
um, in any of the credits or anything. Well, I found out who it was about a year back. His name is Joel Yellowitz. Joel Yellowitz is both the guest and the host. And uh, if you heard the episode that he was on, uh, which was, wait, was it Prepare that he was on? Hold on. Let me find this. Um, Prepare. Yes, the Prepare episode, episode 182, Joel appeared on and gives a little insight into uh, the name of the the group, his band, um, guest host. And uh, Joel is now a part of my covers crew and will submit covers. Uh, I mean, he kicks out tons of covers, and he's done ones just for, you know, just for me, for the show. This one he had already released. He likes the deep cuts. Uh, and, yeah. He has good selection of covers and does a lot of them. So there you go. Guest host is Joel Yellowitz. Identity revealed. Mystery solved. Yeah, mystery solved. I I mean, it was with the, the uh, you know, with the the keys. It was really good. Switching it up with some some tones and stuff. It's a pretty faithful cover. <laughs> Joel tends to go um, pretty pretty faithful, but I mean. He's got his own vocal timbre and, uh, yeah, choices of, like, keyboard patches and stuff like that. Um, that definitely makes it his own. It was really fun. Totally. And we got one more, and this one is even more obscure. This one, I don't know who the people are on this one. I probably could ask Adam Adam Rivera, who I mentioned earlier in a comment when we were looking for the stoner comments on the facebook page and rivera put together uh he's put together two uh they might be giants tribute compilations that were cd only they were kickstarter projects cd only and um were never uploaded to streaming now some of the artists involved in them have put their stuff up on streaming but the whole idea was that like you had to have the cd like it was some sort of like exclusive club you know you had to buy the cd uh, and they were called They, They Pay Tribute, and then They Pay Tribute Volume 2. Um, this was off the first one? Yeah, They Pay Tribute. And the artist uh, is Holy Bongwater. Holy Bongwater. <laughs> <laughs> right up your alley there. You Might have to be my new saying. Kids in your drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Holy Bongwater. Uh, so let's listen to this one. Stop. 
Congrats on holy bong waters, Marty Miller Mass. Talk about slowing it down and making it kind of trippy. <laughs> right. I know the name makes sense. I, you know, I haven't even tried Googling holy bong water. Cause like I said, I just had the MP3 I sent to you. I didn't find it online. Let's see if I if I Google holy bong water, what do I get? I found a picture of him. Oh, nuclear bubble wrap. Okay, nuclear bubble wrap. The case is holy bong water. Okay, I do know who this is. Holy bong water is the musical project of adorable couple Jace McLean of Nuclear Bubble Wrap and Jew, J U. I don't know who Jew is. Jew, not J E W. J U, um, but Jace. McLean, I th- think we're Facebook friends. Jason McLean, yes, we are. Um, and Nuclear Bubble Wrap has been played, uh, ha- covers have been played on the show um, before. So, holy bong water. They got their own Facebook page, so you know they're legit. I'm going to give them a like. <laughs> I'm going to go like them too yeah. after this. <laughs> there you go. Yep, and now we know they've been revealed. We've got a cover, of, uh, a, a photo there with uh, Jace with a melodica and a room full of instruments. And you can see the They Might Be Giants orange foam hand hanging on the wall as well um, as a picture of John and Yoko. <laughs> John Lennon, that is. Uh, yeah, so those are our covers. I think the Holy Bongwater one's pretty wild. It's, it's the most uh, out on a limb of all of them. And I always appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I I think we're on to the scoring section. I think so. Of this song, yeah. So the wiki gives it almost a nine, <laughs> at, uh, ranking it at sixty-two. What do you uh, score, Marty Miller Mask? Gene, what do you think? It's a hard one because if I am I scoring it for myself or am I scoring it for my husband as well? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Mm, get him in here. <laughs> why don't you do your own separate score well he said the only song higher on his list is psychological reasons so if his 10 oh. is i love you for psychological reasons i <laughs> i guess a 9.9 for marty beller mask dang um, but what about for you for me i would give it like an 8.6 i mean pretty close sure. to what the wiki has pretty solid um you know, solid in the set list it should be, but you know, not quite yeah. as high as maybe he regards it. But it definitely <laughs> it gets an extra little bump up there. It would have been maybe an eight eight point two otherwise, but he gets it he bumps it up to an eight point six. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. You know, uh songs that like Zinniac, you know, catches on to or that Kara loves especially, you know, you I'm over. End up listening to more. And liking, yeah, like Zinnia's favorite song uh, from book is Drown the Clown. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think at first, I think she thought that it was a clown named Drown. (laughs) Drown the Clown, like Bozo the Clown. Right. (laughs) The things kids attach themselves to. (laughs) Yeah, and so I did a cover of it on the... um, the book uh, covers album that we did uh, did a pop punk version and Zinnia makes a vocal appearance at the end of it. Cara's on it too. Um, but yeah, Marty Bellamask, you and uh, your husband jamming on Marty Bellamask is just a, a wonderful image. It's just such a, 
great song in that it's both goofy and dark at the same time. Like it, it kind of somehow straddles this line and is both of those things. It's both fun and kind of ominous. It's uh, it it does it it ticks a lot of boxes, and has that seemingly randomness that some uh, they might be John's lyrics have or seem to have, um, while also giving like cool reference points, um, and maybe educating they might be Giants fans who didn't know much about Whitney Houston. I don't know. Now they think that she's a drummer. <laughs> But, you know, they've heard some of her lyrics now. And uh, and now that they've heard this episode, they've heard some clips of those songs. So as far as what I'm going to score it, I think, I I mean, I appreciate it more um, after having talk, talked about it. Because I think it has elevated it from being just a silly song to being a song that can be many things. Uh, so I think I'm going to, uh, what am I going to go? Um, let's see. I'm looking at some past scores here. See, like, I gave Theme from Flood 7.5. That's another weird one. It's a short little song, not even sung by the Mighty Giants. But it's the Theme from Flood. Mm. I don't think it can top Shoehorn with Teeth, which I gave a 7.9. So I think it's got to be in the 7s. I'm going to go 7.7 on Marty Beller Mask. A great uh, deep cut, uh, you know, B-side compilation uh, track uh, you know, relegated to the compilations, as I've complained about already. Um it's a great song. Yeah. 7.7. 7. Mm-hmm. The biggest song, Stick not an actual album, not too bad. <laughs> not too shabby. And the plugs now. Would you like to tell the people about things that you do or where to find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Grateful Butterfly, and that's B U T T A F L Y. And if you're ever in Washington State, your rapper name. That is my rapper name. <laughs> if you're ever in Washington State, uh, buy my weed and Dinks are. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? Uh, Dank, D A N K, and then Czar, C Z A R. Thanks, R. <laughs> Czar. Okay, C Z A R. I gotcha. I like that. Or you That's can also great. go to Gonzo Genetics. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's my husband she's she's right. <laughs> why didn't you combine forces you got your own things um huh. well that's his own um for his own uh genetics for uh gotcha okay wow you two are serious about we're pretty savvy being stoners <laughs> Very nice. Dark Star. I, I like that. If you ever want to go lot. to the, the dark side. <laughs> I think I'm good, but I'm sure there are many people who will join you gladly. Uh, <laughs> this ain't my thing, but I, I, I don't judge. Uh, likewise. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, man, it was great to talk to you again. Um, so great to talk to you. That was a, yeah, that was, that was a fun one. It was, it's cool to know the, uh, you know, the family connection with you and the song being a, a family favorite. And uh, I think it is a song that Zinnia would like. I'm, I'm trying to think if, if she's been around when it's been playing before, but I feel like now I should play it for her and I can introduce her to uh, Whitney Houston and this song. There you go. It's a good opportunity to do that. Yeah. The inside of my Marty Beller mask Cause I'm really Whitney Houston on the drums Look again, this isn't Marty on the drums I am really 